0: This week's guest is a name that uh, a lot of you will have heard about uh, or read about uh, recently. Um, so he really doesn't need much of an introduction, um, but we are very, very pleased uh, to have the company uh, of Jaheed Ahmed. Jaheed, how are you, sir? Uh, very well, thank you. Uh, thanks for having me. That's quite all right. That's quite all right. Um, obviously, you have been in the news because of... Uh, this whole subject of racial allegations that have come up in the world of cricket. Obviously they started at Yorkshire and they've come down to Essex now. Um, First of all, what made you want to speak uh, about these things? Uh, And and, uh, it must've built up over a period of time, but uh, is it because of what uh, Rafiq has come out with that's brought you forward to speak out?
1: Yeah, I mean, look, obviously we've been hearing these uh, things anyway, I mean, I, in, I think have only recently spoken about it, but he's been speaking about, it, speaking about it quite a long time now, to be honest. Um, and we've heard these little stories, but uh, at the end, he, you know, when he came up to, um, uh, in the parliamentary, where he spoke about fund of DCMS, So that was, um, that's what obviously inspired so many people to speak out and have the gut to come out and talk about it. I mean, before that, I was very, I was holding back, you um, I was holding back, wasn't too sure if I want to speak out or not. Um, So, yeah, um, I was in Rafiq's uh, testimonial uh, when that came out. I think that's when everyone started to speak, um, have a bit of courtesy to come out and talk about the uh, um, experience. And I think, um, for me, I was 50-50 before that anyway. I wasn't too sure if I wanted to talk about it. And uh, I just... I was holding back and suddenly when I saw a few of the guys come out from Essex so you know Zoe uh, um, and Maurice these guys come out and spoke about it and um, I think that probably encouraged me even more just su- not only to support my teammates talk about it but also I felt like I had to share my experience um, and I think that's where I felt quite bravery to come out and talk about it to be honest, after listening to these guys and I think Azim's obviously look his testimony obviously it, it got to me, uh, it really did get to me, and because some of the things did remind me of my experience when I was there, um, and and he got to me when he spoke about his kid, when he lost his son and no one, no one asked, actually asking how he was and these sort of things. I mean, how 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 inhuman is that? I mean, um, that just really got to me, and I thought, you know what? That's it. enough is enough. I'm going to start coming out and start speaking mm-hmm. because, fa- as a father, I, I just can't imagine what someone can go through when they lose their son. I mean, that, it's this, it's, I just don't know. I lost lost for word for that one, to be honest. Um, and I thought I'm going to come out and try to support this cause as much as I can. Um, so that's why I actually did come out uh, and start to go and speak about it. So, Jay, the, um, I mean, the Yorkshire. Point has been in the in the press
2: for well over a year probably 15 months or so it's taken that long for them to do something about about this and it's something that Darren and I have championed on the show for pretty much the whole of that period of time but I guess your your frustrations obviously must go back 15 years back to back to when you first experienced these issues so have you just carried that behind you know as a, as a as a package kind of along thinking i need to do something about this but i don't know how i don't know
1: when um i'll be honest with you i obviously it's always back of your mind i mean we've had this so many years that this racial slurs and bullying you know the culture that we went into that's always been going on and i obviously i was very young anyway back then i just i just thought uh, when i saw all of these going on i thought this is just just normal things i just thought that's normal that that's what normally happens when you go to these places and that's how i felt and i didn't feel like i was able to say anything um, because uh, we always were too scared about talking about it anyway because we thought it might if you start raising your voice to say anything about it they might just turn around and say well if you don't like it mate there's a the door um, that's that's the sort of way we felt like, I mean, I've, I've said it before as well, you know, I felt like I was a white man's world where we just felt like we weren't allowed to say anything, even though we did. I remember when I was called curry muncher, uh, that word, very first time I experienced that word. And I did question about that. And I did go speak to the individual who made that comment. Um, So before I did go to him, actually, I did speak to some of these uh, senior players that I know and um and I said, do you, do you know why what 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 does that even mean? Why do they call us curry munchers? He said, Listen, don't worry about it, just ignore it. Uh just concentrate on your cricket, and that was it. And I did have cuts one day to do ask him, so why do you call us curry muncher? What does that even mean? Because that's because you guys think of curry, that's why. <laughs> and uh he just and I thought, okay, is that how it is, then is it okay? Uh so I just thought, right, just suck it up uh and just move on. I mean, since then until what 2009 I was there and, and we just continued continued with it and just sucked it up and just got on with what we could do just play cricket and that's it Um there's nothing else we thought we could do about it we, we fear if you did say anything or whatever happened we, did, we might jeopardize our contract and not fitting in with the teams even at the end of the day it's, you know, it's a team game we have to fit in. Uh, We've got to find a way to make sure it's a teamwork uh, whether it's on and off the field Um, and that's what we had to do.
0: I've got a lot of sympathy for this. Um, I've had similar experiences. Uh, Do you find, when you're dealing with these characters, that someone calls you a curry muncher uh, and you're told to get on with it, do you find that these characters get more and more brave, like they're poking the stick harder just to see how far they can go before you get
1: completely provoked? Yeah. I'll be honest with you. I don't know what the intentions are. I'll be honest with you. I don't know. All, all we knew when we went in there, because I was, like, like I said, I didn't understand these racism things before anyway. Very young. I've, I've, I've never faced this kind of racism before. And I wondered why they did it. I do wonder why they do it. Uh, whether it's to... Well, clearly there's some there's, is this of course there's racism there but however i also try to think did they do that because they want to make a joke out of you so they can become more popular out of front of their friends and whoever they are uh, and that they become the favorite sort of person in a dressing room um so i think as well as being racism comments are made I think they also feel like they want to fit in with the team. So they made those sort of comments just to fit in. Um, so I think that might be a, a reason why they do it. But yeah, I mean, look, it's, it's it went on for a long time. And it, I, I do believe this still goes on around the, around the whole country, to be honest. I think these little banter they talk about and jokes to make um regarding your cultures religion race you know that goes on uh, continuously uh and i think some people don't even realize what they say because uh going back to azim's comment that he made about uh, how it felt like a normal things people just realized it became just normal and they didn't realize what they were saying sometimes it's just it's just so normal and and that's where that's where some of the young people coming in to, into the dressing room and they come into that culture and they fall into that trap where they've got to say something or they've got to do this or they've got to do that. And some of them even made comments to me as well uh, when they come into the dressing room. Um, and I think it's, it's that environment, again, it's not a very good environment to be in when you come in. Uh, it's a very toxic, toxic environment.
2: You look back fondly on your time at essex or has this really really tainted it sorry Webby, i didn't hear that said that again do you look back fondly on your time at essex or has this tainted it to a degree where you just you don't you don't even want to think about it
1: it's a bit of both because again as a young lad to get yourself a professional contract i mean that's this amazing achievement I mean, you've got millions and millions of people trying to become a professional cricketer. And for me to achieve that, I mean, that was incredible. Um, it, as you can imagine, as an 18-year-old lad who got first got myself an academy contract and then went into got myself a professional contract. I mean, this is just amazing. Uh, playing with probably the, uh, the legends of the games uh, when I went into the dressing room. Uh, The biggest name you can think of uh, to be around them, to play cricket with them, play against them. You know, it was incredible. In that side, it was amazing. Some of the opposition I played against, um, you know, going back to my debut, my uh, one day international. uh, Sorry, one day uh, debut I made against was Sri Lanka. I made, it was a two day game for first team I played against Australia, the Ashes 2005 team. I mean, when you look back to those things, you just think, I mean, (laughs) let alone playing for Essex, but you're playing against one of the biggest teams in the world um, who've been dominated cricket for many years. And these are the experience was unbelievable. Turning up to the ground, seeing the crowds and all those legends of the game, playing with you, playing against you. It's incredible. Now, Downside was obviously facing those bullying, bullying in the dressing room. Um, the class, you know, there's a lot of class issue as well. I think people tend to forget that, and we'll come to that as well. I'm pretty sure when we talk about it, um, you know, public school boys are dominated in the game. Um, you know, I do even remember a lot of the players. They even won't look at you. Um, forget about greeting you. They won't look at you, just walk past you, just that's it, go off. Wow. Um, oh yeah, God, I've I've had that so many years of that. Um they probably think, you know, who the hell are you? Yeah. Um and that that's 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 a problem with not just Essex dressing room, that's across pretty much everywhere. Um you know, they feel like they're the bigger than everyone. Um really big-headed people, really, arrogant. Uh, you get that a lot to be honest and that bullying is obviously something that I said already people do that Um, I think majority of them just do that just to become the favorites in the dressing room become the joker of the dressing room so people can like you it's like any jobs that you do not just sports we're talking about any jobs you know people say you're you know you're sucking up to your bosses whatever I mean that's pretty much what happens in Esse- uh, sorry, in a cricket dressing room at the same time, people would do anything to make sure they get the contract again for the next year. Um, they will do anything, even if have to insult you to get that. So be it.
0: What about the senior people at Essex? Um, if if all of this is going on, and if you what you're supposed to do, whether it's cricket or anything else, you're supposed to go to your superior, and there's supposed to be mechanisms in place to deal with this kind of thing. Um, was that in place at Essex or? Was it just brushed aside?
1: Never, ever we've had any sort of mentions about how uh, how we should respect one each other. Uh, we're talking about race, culture, religion, nothing. It's interesting I was, I was reading today about EC uh, on the um, Sky Sports news about Ashley um, Ashley has spoken about how he has never had any in the 30 years they never had any mm. sort of education education regarding this well we'll never do we (laughs) we never had any of that no one even mentioned about anything like um so and to be honest even if if if, even if i did have the voice to go speak to any senior players there i wasn't able to We, we, we were in that environment we weren't allowed to say anything because we weren't given opportunity to say it no one even asked no even co- i don't i can kind even of, kind of call back recall back and to say i don't think any coaches one day did ask me jay how is your life going or how is your um, family and how, how's everything is everything all right at home i mean i don't think i've never had that conversation with anyone in the dressing room ever never as a coach myself i would be worried about my players well-being um that's the first thing first i'll be trying to do would be try speak to my player see how he is what his home life is like i mean these sort of things i would be first looking into even i do my one-to-one coaching right now i would t- i would make sure i find out a little bit of background about that person before i do go any further because obviously not you can't treat everyone the same way you got to know the player you've got to know their history and that's how you create a bond um However, we never ever had any anything like that. Like I said, it was such a self selfish dressing room. No one gave a damn about anyone. No one.
2: I think one of, the, one of the
1: things that Darren and I have mentioned a couple of times on on the
2: show over the years is that, comparing to the corporate world where Darren and I earn our crust, um, the sporting world is way behind. And one of the references that we have made in the past is Ollie Robinson, the way that. The way that, that was dealt with, the way that it was surfaced, the whole thing. Um, and the corporate world is only very recently waking up to matters of mental health and well-being. Yeah. The sporting world, the cricketing world in particular, seems to be so far behind that that, you know, aside from from issues of racism and bullying, just what you said there about people's general awareness of how others might be feeling.
1: It's,
2: it's just so far behind.
1: Massively. It's, it's massively. I, I, I think you're right about what you said about other corporation and other institution when you go there. People do look into that mental, mental side uh, um, uh, issue of it. I've, I, don't, I don't remember at all talking about this at all while I was in Essex. I'd never had this sort of support, nothing. Like I said, i had not even saying how are things at home, you know, nothing like that from my coach never I mean that, that's how it was and we I, I suppose in a way though I think it had it did make it a lot tough mentally because this is how we had to deal with um and it, it did I, like I said I had to suck it up and get on with get, get, get on with my job just do what I need to do and that's it uh, it, it came to that point so I do't want to say I do want to say feel positive about that as well by the way don't i don't want to just play into the whole thing as a negative thing i had come across some great people in the dressing room you know i could uh, i could name quite a few of them who i looked up to um since i was young um they were my cricketing heroes when i was growing up watched them on tv international when they were when they were playing and i think i've learned a lot I mean, people like Andy Flower, Grant Flower, the brothers there. I mean, I, I can't speak highly enough, you know, what they did, you know, when I was there. I remember, remember Grant Flower always used to say, "Jake, let's go. Come on, let's go to, go to, go to the gym. Or let's go to um, do some throw downs. Right, you bother me now and I'm going to bollock you. You know, these sort of things, it just helped me so much. He taught me how to work hard. Um, and he's from Zimbabwe and these guys work really, really like tough. Um, and he, he taught me how to be tough in that side of it. Um, and I can't, I, I still talk about this. I, everyone, everyone I speak to, I mean, that's something I always speak about. How Grant really helped me that time in terms of how to work hard and make sure you give in every chance to make sure you get yourself up there to get, play for a team. So you play for uh, first team or second, or wherever it was, uh, and um, you don't give any excuses for the coaches to pick on you to say, well, you haven't done your fitness or you haven't done this, you haven't done that. So at least you covered that area. And that was really, really, you know, I was really um, pleased with (coughs) having help from Grant all the time.
0: How was it going home after a day of putting up with all of this abuse and did you did you open up to your family about it or did you just try and,
1: did you bottle it up? No. I mean, <clears throat> my dad, I remember my dad once told me, um, that doesn't matter if you're born and bred here, mate, ethics, chemshood, whatever, um, just don't forget that you are brown, okay? Just remember that. Um, and he was right, because, um, you know, that's, that's how we used to get treated all the time. So whatever you do, be extra careful of what you do. If you, even if you're going to work, don't uh, go into the gym. Go twice as hard as anyone else, because they, you know, they're not going to look at you uh, uh, same way as they do the others. So you need to be very careful how you go about that. And I do remember remember that, and I did. Um, I never spoke to my family about anything. No, I never did. I do remember coming towards, was it 2008, um, and definitely 2009. I used to wake up and thinking, here we go, another day. What am I going to do this time? Oh, I'm playing for twos again. Or, oh yeah, here we go. I'm going to carry drinks for first team. Um, I wonder what, what they're going to say this time now. Who's going to pick on me today or who's going to say this or who's going to say that? Who's going to bully me? So he's always, always in the back of your head. Um, I even sometimes remember I used to go past some of the players, just go around it, so they don't see me. So at least they won't make it fun out of me. So at least I'll get away with that. Um, so I did, I did uh, used to think that way when I used to walk past the dressing room sometimes, some of the players. Um but yeah, I mean looking back to it, mate, is yeah, it's not it wasn't a great experience uh, those times. And I really, really want to play, continue playing, play for Essex as long as I could, or even professionally, really. And i will be honest with you, I've had ambitions to play for England one day as well. Um it might sound a bit big-headed for me to say that, but I believed, I really believed that I could easily play in that level and not and actually go on and play for England. I I think I think looking at some of the players that are playing for England. I'm sure people will say, say, say the same thing I'm going to say now. I mean, we played with them, played against a lot of them. And I reckon my work ethic would have got me through that easily to get to that stage because talent only gets you to certain place. Uh, it's the hard work behind it that goes behind it uh, and that gets you to top level. And I believe I had that easily. The work ethic, like I said, I've learned from the best and I was very good at that. Um, without a doubt I was one of the fittest in the dressing room uh, and I think if you do speak to any of them from my time at Essex people will tell you the same thing they will say yep yeah, Jay without a doubt was one of the hard working person was there and I, 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 I can guarantee that I think you're right I think
0: Alistair Cook's a good example of that where he's always uh, and I've spoken to him personally about this and he felt he didn't necessarily have the talent that other people even in the Essex dressing room um, that necessarily he wasn't as gifted as they were, but his, his work ethic, he worked harder and harder and harder and got to where he was just through hard work.
1: That that's exactly the same thing with the Paul Collingwood. I mean, he's not the most talented cricketers, but goodness me, that boy can work hard. I mean, yeah. Alistair Cook was a machine. Um I wish I'll spend a bit more time with Alistair Cook, but because he was always involved with the England team. It was very, very rare to see him in the dressing room and to sit down and speak to him and talk about things and this and this and that. So it was difficult to get hold of him a lot. He's always busy with his own things. But I can tell you easily, that bloke is just a machine. Um, when it comes to fitness tests, goodness me, used to outplay us easily. Um, and even then, he, he never used to puff out and he still kept going. Um, so again, seeing all these things, Yes, of course, he used to inspire me to make sure I get to that level as well. And, and I did. I did. I worked very hard to get there. Um, I used to remember sometimes I used to go in the morning gym. Actually, no, not sometimes. I did that a lot. I used to go in the morning gym. Uh, then I used to go in the evening again, second, twice. Twice a day I used to go. And I I, I clearly remember one day my uh, personal trainer and our physio did say to me, listen, Jay, I think you've got to be careful about how much work you're doing. And I said, yeah, I know. I know what my body can take. I know what I can do. But I just want to make sure I don't fall behind on any of these things. And I need to work twice as hard as anyone at the moment because that's how I feel I need to do. Um, so I do re- I do rem- remember that when they pulled me up once, uh, the, the physio. Did you train that hard all the way through Ramadan as well? Because you used to well, you fast,
2: don't you? Sorry, say that again? Did you
1: you train that hard when you were fasting as well? Oh, gosh, yeah. I mean, to to be honest, during fasting time, oh, by the way, fasting time, that came in towards 2009, (laughs) so towards September that time when we were playing. So before that, I never had any issues with that uh, because it was during winter anyway that time because obviously Ramadan, every 10 days, it comes up every year. Sorry every year comes up by 10 days uh, because uh, that's uh, that's the Arabic calendar that's how it works and they and uh, uh, you know, that's how it is so I never had that issue throughout um during Ramadan because uh, I was able to still fast and I still do work oh gosh yeah I still go to the gym but my mom used to tell me off not to go to the gym um and I said well this is my professional life I have to um and she used to get she did, she did she used to get you worried about it i said look it's fine i can handle it i know what i can do um but yeah i mean that that, that you had to I, i've i've been now i still now i'm 35 years old I, I still play cricket during ramadan bowling turnovers still batting and running around in the field my old body's still going through it so yeah i can take it i
2: remember
1: a few years back i think you were Playing for Black Heath
2: at the time, but you came back to Brentwood uh, and beat us. By the way, thanks for that. Uh, it was a, a searing hot day, and you've been tearing in. Yeah, and everyone came off for a drink and for tea, and you just yeah. you had nothing. It was like, how does he? How can he? How can he operate like that? Well, yeah, to your fitness, right?
1: Yeah, I've been drilled in, mate. When I was young age, um, the mental toughness uh, uh, you had to. Um, like I said, experience I've had for my whole career. You just have to, like I said, toughen up, suck it up, move on. And-, and I
2: guess that mental toughness also goes
1: for, you know, obviously
2: their experiences at the moment,
1: because having gone through
2: what you went through at Essex, you could quite easily have just said, you know what? I'm done with cricket. I don't want to play club cricket anymore because I've I've been hurt by cricket as a sport, but you're still going now and you're playing some, you know, really, really well. Your stats on play cricket are amazing and you're loving it, aren't you?
1: Yeah, I mean, look, uh, to be honest, I think when I finished with Essex, I think, I'm not going to lie to you. I mean, that was probably the darkest time of my uh, life Um, because all I knew was cricket. And that's all I knew. All my life, cricket was, I used to breathe cricket all the time. And I think when I got released by Essex, I I was really, really in a dark place. I didn't know what to do. I was thinking, what the hell, what am I going to do now? I mean, I don't have great qualifications I don't know what am I going to do what am I going to do so I think that time I did it did really hit me hard and I I did speak to some of the counties where I could go to trial do this do that and I did I did go there but I had to drag myself to go there I wasn't like up for it I wasn't really thinking right today I'm going to go and do this do that I just I just 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 went with it and I, I just never felt like I was going to I just, I wasn't happy, basically. Um, and I had, to, I had to drag myself to get there. And that, that, to me, felt like, well, I'm not ready. Well, I'm not, uh, I don't want to do this anymore. That's what I felt. And, um, and it got to a stage thinking, if I'm not liking it, and if I'm not enjoying it, because it hurt me so bad, I think I need to stop. Because otherwise, I'm just going to damage myself even more. And I think that time was a very tough, and I, I had no one around me to support me. I had no one around me to, uh, uh, you know, give me some some sort of advice to what to do regarding my career or what I can do, what I can't do. PCA done nothing for me. Um, they're absolutely useless, I'm afraid. I That's mean, what I've, they're supposed I've, to do, isn't it? They have they done nothing for me, mate. I mean, I have you know I did speak to him back then as well. Again, no help, no support, nothing. It's useless um even till now i've, I've had no issues uh, sorry no help with with them at all um anyways but i do not regret that that decision i made then because i think i decided to become a coach and the reason that it inspired me the most to do it because i felt what i've been through and the hardship that i had i do not and i promise myself i do not any kid that i know I would do not want them to go through the same, same issue that I have I faced. And I'll make sure that doesn't happen. And I would do anything, anything to support that person. Um, I don't care if, if I get paid to do it. I don't care if I do it for free. That's not my intention. My intention is as long as that child is happy, they had a good experience, that's, that, was, that was the only thing that was in my head. And that's exactly what I've done.
0: I've been talking to a lot of people recently from the black and Asian community about this whole thing. It's a big talking point. An interesting point that is come up time and again is that there are lots and lots and lots of people in the game that have been on the end of the type of abuse that you uh, and um, Rafik have talked about. They're too scared to come forward because they don't want the limelight. They've seen what's happened to Rafik with being discredited and stuff being dragged up. when, you were going through your troubles at Essex. Did you feel like you were being singled out or was it a kind of a general thing to anyone that was around there that had brown or black skin that uh, was the subject
1: for abuse? Um, certain players, I felt like I was singled out. Uh, but in generally it was, yeah, I mean, everyone really. Um, but there was one or two individuals I thought they always felt like to it was an easy target to pick on me. Um, and they're, they're the one made my life a bit miserable throughout my experience in Essex. Um, yeah, it's a bit of both, but yeah, a bit of both.
0: Do you think, in um, case okay, so you're born in, in in Chelsea, you grew up in Burnham, et cetera, et cetera, and you've come up through the league system and club, when you play league cricket and club cricket, it's very common to come up against people from different cultures, different backgrounds. This is my personal view, all right? I look at Essex. I look at the members. I look at the staff, the committee, anyone that walks around with an Essex blazer or whatever um, or sits in the pavilion. They all tend to be of a certain type. Do you think there's a dislocate between Essex as a county and the Essex League in terms of representation and... Dem- demographics, because certainly at club level, and you look around, there's club chairman, there's club officials. It's very diverse, but it's not at county level. Why is that?
1: Well, oh, Darren, I mean, you're talking about just a, a little bit there. I mean, that goes around not only in sports. I mean, this is this is we talk about in educational system. Uh, I mean, we're talking about senior leaders. We're talking about here. Um, and there's not representative from the minorities, um, even though you have Essex League Us, a lot of Asians. I'll give you an example. When I travelled for Essex back in when I was 17 years old, sorry, 16 years old, I remember when I turned up. We had roughly about 50, probably say about 50 kids, I say, um, I, and probably 10 white kids and 40 Asians. And black, actually. Yeah. Can you guys guess out of those kids, (laughs) how many made it through to to become a professional cricketer? Just have a guess. I want to say ten, but (laughs) (laughs) wow, that would be a miracle if that was a case. Only myself. Out my age group, out my age group, only one made it to professional level is myself. Now, again, don't forget. Um, I wasn't your typical Asian um, type of person who grew up from London. And, you know, the way we spoke, uh, obviously, I, 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 you know, I was I was lucky enough to grow up in Burnham and Crouch where I didn't get into troubles. I, I was well behaved. I had good people around me. So my um, manners was completely different. You know, when I, I remember turning up to that trial, seeing those Asian boys, you know, how they talk and how they dress and this and this and that straight away that puts people off and and i can guarantee you those boys probably 10 times better than i was and they never looked at uh if they could make it further or not because they just didn't they felt like if they pick one of the lads to come and play they'll be hard work they won't fit in these sort of things so they always looked at that way um so there was a bit of barriers there um and it's been dominant listen we, we like i said it's not in, in in just cricket i mean if i all the school that i go to now and work in schools even i go to you know tower hamlets i mean that's as uh you know majority of the Bangladeshi community there greenwich lewisham you know you got um west indian and african you know you can think, so so many background there. But every time I go to a school, that, the whole school could be only black kids only, but the senior leaders are just white. And you don't see any minorities are in that level. Um, same with the cricket, Essex. I don't, I don't think there is any. There isn't any Asian person or black person in the committee or making any decisions none none whatsoever even even in a county level coaching wise we're talking about as well you don't see any of them either you know now you see a few few rounds but before i never seen any brown people working in a senior level so how am i supposed to have a role model in that type how how am i supposed to feel comfortable sometimes when i didn't but if i had any Asians or any minority groups I could have felt a little bit more comfortable maybe, I don't know. Um, But that time I didn't, I I didn't see any of that. Um, I was the only British Bangladeshi ever to play professional cricket in this country. Um, Since then we had none coming through. And again, I worked in Tower Hamlets for nine years. And again, and again, and again, They never got any opportunities to go any further. And is always always a problem. We had always a problem with that one. And again, there's a number of issues in that. I mean, I'm gonna go into a little bit ECB, how they sort of tackle these issues. Well, they don't. Um, What they've done all these years, um, they've segregated, um, given some money or funding to Asian community especially South Asian community, give them some money. Right, there you go, lads. There's some money for you guys. Go and do your things, do your competitions or whatever. And that's it. That's, that's that. And again, segregating that. So what, what does that do? Yes, it allows uh, uh, these um, minorities to go and play, have some opportunities to, to play within themselves, but there's no exit route. Where do the kids go after that? And again, those Sunday leagues, you see, sometimes this Asian league. Well, I mean, what the hell? What, what do you mean, Asian league? What the hell, what the, what the hell does that even mean? Yeah, kind of Asian league. You, could, you don't have a white league, do you? Um, so segregating that and funding that, uh, from the governing body, that just tells me they just don't want any Asians to be going through the normal system that I went through, um, through the club through the county trials, through to academy, then going to professional contract. I mean, what, what, what is wrong with that? Why are we... They even have the
0: Asian cricket awards that they funded at one stage, you know. No,
1: they, they, fund, they fund all those things. They do all those things they do, all those charity case things where they just se- segregate people, divide them, yeah. and just keep the Asian people happy by giving some money there there you go, that's it, done. And this, I, just, I just never understood, you know, we are not, I, I keep saying this to everyone, we are not a charity case. Why do you see us differently than anyone else? I, I just don't understand that. Uh, now, again, why do they do it? It could be race issue. It could be the, uh, the, uh, they, the, they're, they're scared if, if Asian people do come along and there uh, they might be a lot, a lot of them are quite talented, so they might, they, they might take over the changing room. You'll have too many Asian people playing, maybe. I don't know. It could be, that's what it seems like. That's why they're probably segregating it. I don't know. Um, we, we, we won't know the, um their intentions are. But I just never liked it. I've never liked these sort of things. I've been working for so many years now. You know, I just don't understand what is wrong with the normal system. You know, Webby, obviously, he's the chairman at Brentwood and I'm, you know, he can probably speak to you about more about these things, where club itself needs so much help from the ECB. And ECB needs to pull their fingers out and look into the clubs start with and look into all the other institutional um, uh, programs and uh, things they do local, uh, uh, in the local community, how they can work as a partnership with them, and how can they help the community and how help the clubs to make sure the kids come through the system and they have it, you know, then then go to the next stage. Uh, unfortunately, ECB has done nothing in that. They always go back to the old institutional institutional uh, program they always done. and um, Just to tick the boxes. Right, we've done this. We've done that. Perfect. That's it. Done. But they never, ever solved any issues because I don't give a monkey about anything. They don't care. You mean
0: wearing T-shirts and having a slogan and uh, that doesn't work?
1: (laughs) No. Action works. Word doesn't work nothing. It means nothing. The action plan they come up with. Oh, it's great to hear. I've said that. I I I welcome all this action plan. We've heard this so many years. So many years of uh, these promises and stuff. But never, ever taking actions. Not only that, they might have (laughs) taken action sometimes but they never followed it up and never monitored it and just left it alone and that's always been the case for so many years as we've said
2: this action plan is they've got one chance one chance to not only produce the plan with <clears throat> 12 actions around five points but they've got to see it through now they've
1: got to make tangible differences be, uh, it's great the, all the plans they got is brilliant it sounds good it's great I just hope they want they make sure they stay on it. I guarantee you, uh, this, I hope it doesn't happen, but it's going to get to a stage when the media will start, stop talking about this. And as and soon as that happens, I just hope that ECB also don't fade away from that, all this action plan they're talking about. And that, that's, that's my only worry, is that fading away as soon as the media stop talking about it. But then what they need to realize is to be we have got the media behind us now. Any, anything goes wrong, we've got the media behind us. We can always come out and talk about it again. Uh, and then they're going to get away with it. And I will do anything in my power. Um, if I, you know, I spoke to Azim Rafiq about this. And I think we're both in the same, same page at the moment. We will do anything to make sure it doesn't happen in our power. And we'll do anything to make sure in future, future generations do have good experience and have a proper system that works um, and make sure everyone has an opportunity to play cricket properly. We're not talking about just picking. Um, uh, and again, like I said, I don't want to see this. And I, we don't want to, it's not a special case for us. We want to be seen as a normal human being. We just normal humans just want to play cricket just level playing from. field that's that's all we want we don't want no charity case work that's we don't want special treatment we don't need that we just need opportunities and that's it that's all we ask well not only the cricket i'm talking about everything that we do in, in life any work anything in this whole society i'm talking about
0: no it's true it's true um are you hopeful for the future? Are you hopeful that we can get progress on this front?
1: I think so. I think <clears throat> ECB has realised um, they can't mess around anymore. I mean, we have the voice now. We have stood out. um, We have spoken out. We have got, like I said, we've got media behind us. Um, you know, we can always, uh, if they don't do the job right, we can always raise voice again. Um and I feel a lot more confident than I did before to talk about it. Um, and um, and our people, I think they realise, you know, it's been exposed, isn't it? So I mean, they can't hide from that anymore. I'm sorry, but they realise enough is enough now. So we've got to take action and do something now. And I, I, I really hope it does work. I really hope. And I will, again, like I said, I will do whatever it takes to make it work. Because all the work that I do... And we've been doing great work for so many years, uh, all these years. And I I just wish ECB would look into it. Funny I say that, ECB have responded to our programme, which is a platform cricket programme that we run. They have responded and they're having a meeting with us. Um, I think it was next week, uh, sometimes. Also, I've had Essex, um, they come to me as well. They want to sit down and to talk about some action plans and how we can go forward anything i can give suggestions and help um, they're more, more than welcome to listen to me so in a way already you can see there's some positivity going on there's some uh, meetings happening to make sure we can tackle those issues that we've been speaking about and how we can go forward so it seems like it's going the right place at the moment and i guess that's
2: the point today isn't it that you know, playing devil's advocate, but going back to the part of the conversation a few minutes ago about, you know, setting up an Asian league and everything. Whoever did that may have been well-meaning. They may have done that with only positive intentions, but the fact that they didn't engage that community, presumably at that point, and involve people like yourselves, is has created this yeah, issue. Yeah. Look
1: again. Uh, again, you're right. Probably it's, it's probably it's. it's was it positive discrimination I suppose Uh, you could say that Um, but what they didn't realize is when he segregate that um, he closes doors for some of those minorities and they don't get to seen in the main clubs to perform because don't forget when Essex or any counties they look into club players they look into the stats in Essex League stats or Kent League stats, whatever it is they look at. They look at the players. I'm not sure if these Asian leagues do have stats, to be honest. I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong. But again, they would have looked at it twice. How many scouts do you go see? Go, you see, you go down and watching uh, the, the lads are playing. I bet there's none. Uh, in Essex League, I know they do. I know there's some of the coaches go around in Essex, uh, go watch some of the matches and see how they're getting on um so do you have scouts floating around um but again that's just asian leagues is you're not going to get that you've got asian leagues you've got sri lankan league you got these leagues goes on i mean what the hell i mean yeah. It, yeah it doesn't make any sense to me i'm sorry but like i said it's all segregated yeah you're right and that's i mean up and down the country as well i
0: remember in yorkshire there's different there's different leagues again asian and whatever um and, and it kind of it, 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 it almost creates its own blind alleyways and it suits agendas because they don't, they're do not they not going to look at those. They're going to let them get on with it. They say, oh, you're playing cricket and they can focus on the mainstream stuff, if you like.
1: Yeah, that's right. That's right. It happens in Birmingham as well, by the way. All the players <laughs> they all play together. They're like, same thing. Same thing happens. Uh, just get segregated. And I've always, always always spoke about this to my boss before about this and i said this i don't like this uh i don't really like it at all i can't imagine myself just going integrating with only the asians um and i, I fit in a way if you know I, I think that's quite racist um for just asians segregating and playing themselves i, I thought that was very bad uh yeah. um um it should be just humans playing humans, that, that's it. Just one kind, human kinds and playing, that's it. I don't see any other difference. Funny you say that, actually. Every day I was speaking to this lad who um, is, works with me, white lad. He works with me. Uh, uh, we work as a coach. He grew up with, uh, in an area where some, you know, grew up with Asians and blacks um, in area. I think it was Croydon, actually. He never, He's even said to me every day, Jay, I never actually looked at anyone thinking, Oh, there's a brown person, there's a black person. He just saw everyone just, just normal, we are all human beings. And that's it. That's the, how he saw them. And that was so great to hear that. I was so pleased that he saw it that way rather than anywhere else. And that's exactly what, what we got to get to. We've got to create an atmosphere where people just feel like just one kind. And that's it. Don't look into colours. Don't look into religion, cultures. Just ignore that around it. And respect that. Respect if there's someone is uh, a bit different. Just make sure you respect that, and that's that's how it should be, you know. And we need to get to that stage, you know. And it's also, I think, important in amongst all this to
0: maintain a bit of humour, maintain a bit of fun when you're playing. You know, enjoy playing cricket and enjoy the off-field stuff, but just don't make somebody the butt of inappropriate humour or whatever. You don't have to be offensive to have a laugh.
1: Oh, gosh. Hell no. No. You can't. You can't I mean, sorry, but I don't I don't find that funny when people talk about the religion, culture. I mean, you can take a mick out everyone uh, by t- talking about the personal cricketing uh, uh, skills, how rubbish they are, the bowling or batting or fielding. You can do that rather than doing the other things. I mean, you could easily do so many things. Uh, to take the mick out of people but when it comes to that religion culture and when it comes to uh, uh, race I'm sorry there's a line to that uh, and you cannot step over that line I'm afraid that's just that's just too much
0: fantastic points and uh, you've articulated yourself so well Uh, I know there must be a lot of anger and emotion behind all of this but uh, really you've come across fantastically and I think you know
1: funny, funny you say that because yes it does get me wind up a bit. But i, I got to say, though, do you know what? I, after speaking about it, and I hope, to, I hope you feel that passion I've got behind it as well. And it actually makes me feel good afterwards um, because what I'm trying to do at the moment is make that awareness, um, making sure I speak to whoever I can speak to, get the word around, spread the word around so people understand it. We can educate people and we can talk about these things. And then we can take actions and that's exactly what i feel good about right now is doing all these things what i'm doing right now and that's what makes me really happy now and hopefully i will have some little bit power a bit of voice to go further than what we're doing um to make changes i mean that's that's just my main priority at the moment um people like you guys obviously talking about this is brilliant I, i'm so happy that you guys obviously taking actions talking about it getting it out there um is brilliant and that's exactly what we need we need the community to step up the whole society to to step up and wherever we can help out brilliant any little changes we can make that's all we need well like you say you know you've got the media
0: behind you and you've now got 98 not out the mighty 98 not out yeah finalists (laughs) of uk cricket podcast of the year it doesn't get any better (laughs) There we go. Exactly. I'm not going to the moon, my friend.
1: Who, who did you name after that? Ninety-eight. Is that someone been getting out? Keep uh, ninety-eight. Ninety-eight FM.
0: Name? We're on Phoenix ninety-eight FM. So that's where that comes from. So ninety-eight. Oh, okay. FM, yes,
1: Ninety-eight. Okay. Not out. I thought, he, I thought he was probably taking a mick out of someone who keeps getting out. on Bowling <laughs> or, or average. <laughs> or his gold score.
0: Yeah. That's
1: pretty good. That's pretty good yeah. Uh, but all yeah, right, thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate that, though. Really appreciate that. Oh, fantastic! You've
0: been absolute quality, and uh we wish you all the best. And we will keep in touch. We are on this. We've been, Webby and I, have been on this whole thing for well over a year. We were there at the start. We will continue to keep the spotlight on this, uh, trying to find the solution, trying to get a positive outcome for this whole thing. Um So oh,
1: we, uh, we all do. We all do, mate. Honestly, I think sorry i know you are taking a lot of time of yours but just one thing i just want to iterate is that okay. just that platform cricket for example i'll give an example like the other day just i stood up i this is stood on the side we just running this um hub sessions uh in the evening and actually it was a black if training but in that black if training i looked at just every single kid was there um and it literally put a big smile on my face to see people from white background, black, Asian, Moroccan, we've got Spanish, we've got uh, Mexican. I, it, was, it was unbelievable. Um, just to stand there, I just and I say to myself, why can't we have this all the time, everywhere? Just people just having a bit of laugh, enjoying the sport that we all love, and just get on with it and just that's how it should be and I just I wish I just wish it's something that we all can do to make that happen and I I really hope ECB do look into our work you know because it just makes me so happy and that's why I, that's why I never left that workplace because I believe in it yeah it doesn't pay good money uh, it never does when it comes to these sort of coaching stuff that we do and it, like I said we, we we are involved in schools educational side of it and we still don't get enough money to support a lot of things that we do but i just wish ECB just come and look at it just for once come and see that our work what we do um and just support that and you see how much how much difference we can make all these issues we're talking about we can tackle those issues so easily uh it would have been so much better if we actually did work together with them Jay amed
0: Many, many, many thanks. What a fantastic uh, conversation we've had there. Uh, We will get you back in the future to see how it's all going.
1: Yeah, look forward to it. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it.